He's not a God who we can't know. He's not a God who's not real or who's out there or who's uh, some uh, gray-haired old man with a beard sitting on a throne somewhere who we can't talk to. Uh, Hey, the Bible says he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows our hearts. Uh, He was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. He's a God that's on the throne tonight. He's a God that's in control tonight. He's a God who made us. He's a God who sustains us. He's a God who saved us. He's a God who gave us purpose and gave us hope. And he's the God who's given us his spirit. Amen? He's given us his spirit uh, to, as a church, move forward and love him with all our hearts and soul. Hey, we love him because he what? Because he first loved us. Hey, he's God, is he not? He's God. He's the controller. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at all times. Hey, he is God, and we get to love him. He's God, and we get to have a relationship with him. Isn't that awesome? I mean, think of the people that sometimes the world, they want to have relationships. We see these little teeny boppers. They want to have relationships with these uh, movie stars and pop stars and all. Hey, listen, I want to have a relationship with God. I, I mean, I want to be close to him. I mean, he is the creator of all things. And he says, hey, come and know me. He said, come. He just come and get to know me. He said, I want to know you. I want to fellowship with you. Hey, there's nobody like our God. You believe that tonight? Nobody like him. I mean, he is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and last. He's the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. He is God. Hey, are you with me tonight? You know who we're talking about? He's the God that we invited to come to the service tonight. Did you bring him in with you? Is he here? Do you believe that? I mean, if he is, let's worship him. Let's from our hearts give our hearts to him tonight. Hey, let's fall in love with God. Let's fall in love with God. You say, what do you mean, fall in love? I love, of course I love the Lord. You know, Jesus loves me and I love him. And listen, if we love him, it'll show. If we love him, it'll change us. If we love him, it'll make us different people because you can't love the Lord and you can't love the world at the same time. Jesus said you can't serve God and you can't ma- serve mammon. You can't serve the world and God. You'll either hate one or love the other. So you know what you need to do tonight? You just need to make a choice. Say, okay, I'm going to love God and I'm not going to love the world. I'm going to fall in love with God. I'm going to give my whole heart to him. Come on. You know, give your whole heart to him. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart. What does he want from you? He wants everything. He wants your whole heart. He wants everything. If there's a place in your life that doesn't belong to God, give it to him tonight. Give it to him tonight. Say, why are you trying to try? Hey, because if we're going to have a heart for God, he needs all of our heart. It's a heart that's for God. It's a heart that's to God. It's a heart that's sanctified unto the Lord. In other words, God, this is your heart. It's not my heart anymore. God, this is yours. I give you all of my heart, all of it. Hey, listen, God needs to be our life's priority. He needs to be, he needs to be the reason why we breathe and live and do and serve. He is the purpose for our life. Hey, listen, he's the reason why you have a marriage. He's the reason why you have a family. He's the reason why you have a job. He's the reason why you have all the good things that you have in life. God is the reason for him. Hey, love God tonight. Do you love him? Come on, love the Lord, love the Lord your God. I like that word your God. He's not just a God. He's my God. He's my God. Hey, I like that verse. My God shall supply what all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hey, he's my God. He's my God. You say, no, he's not. He's my God. Hey, hey, he's all of our gods, but you know what? I'm glad it's personal tonight. How about you? Come on. If you came to Christ, you did it personally. You didn't do it corporately. There's no corporate salvation. There's personal salvation. There are personal decisions. 
You didn't get saved because mom was saved and dad was saved uh, or, or neighbors were saved or you grew up saved or you were born saved or you were destined. Hey, you got saved because you had a personal experience with the Lord. You made a decision. You decided to follow Jesus, didn't you? You decided to give your heart to him. You decide, by the way, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. By the way, he didn't have to. He, I'm thankful he went to the cross. How about you? I'm thankful he did what he said he would do. I'm thankful he fulfilled every prophecy and everything that, uh, that he said he would do, he's done. He's fulfilled his end of the bargain. You know what he says to you tonight? Your end is to love me with all your heart. With all your heart. Love me with all your heart because I loved you with everything. By the way, he still loves you. Nothing shall separate us from what? The love of Christ. Shall tribulation? No. Shall height or depth or any other thing separate us from the love of Christ? Hey, nobody's going to pluck us out of the Father's hand. God loves you completely and wholly more than you even imagine tonight he loves you. Nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. Nothing you can do to make him love you any less. He loves you. He loves you. And by the way, he'll never stop loving you. Come on. Uh, be, though I forget him and wander away, still doth he love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms will I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. Come on, we wander away from him sometimes. We get a, don't our hearts, a double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. We give our hearts to so many things, don't we? So many things. By the way, the devil wants your heart. This world wants your heart. Your flesh wants your heart. Hey, there's a lot of things that are calling for your heart, calling for your attention, calling for your love, uh, calling for your affection, but only, only God deserves it all. God deserves it all. He deserves all your heart. Come on. It's high time in God's church, in God's church, that God's people give God everything again. Everything. I'm not talking about give God our Sundays. I'm talking about give God every day. There's too many people living Monday through Saturday sowing seeds of weakness and coming in on Sunday and praying for a crop failure. Listen, if you're going to sow seeds of wickedness, you're going to reap what you sow. So you better live for the Lord. You better serve the Lord and you better love the Lord if you want the result of, of, of a person that has a love for God in their heart. Hey, you know, a lot of people, they want the result. They want the blessing. I want the blessing. You heard what I said. Obedience precedes blessing. Purity precedes power. You've got to be pure and you've got to be obedient. If you want God's power, you want God's blessing. Come on, but you know what? We like the result. We like what the, uh, the, the rewards are. We like what the gifts are, but we don't want to do the work. We don't want to put the labor in. Hey, listen, we think sometimes, well, you know, God, hey, God forbid that we should continue in sin that grace may abound as a church. Come on. Well, God's been gracious to me this far. That may be true, and he has, hadn't he? Thank God for his grace. Thank God his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. But I'm not here to try God's grace in my life. I want to say, Lord, you've been gracious to me thus far, but I'm not trying to see how long I can live uh, in the world to myself in my flesh before God squishes me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Fear God. Love God. Serve God with all your heart. Hey, with all your heart. You with me tonight? I mean, what, you know what? Sometimes it, it bothers me a little bit when, when, when I'm up here, and listen, I'm not saying I'm anybody or I've got some kind of great talent or ability. I'm just saying I'm giving you my heart tonight. I mean, I'm giving it to you. And what's sad sometimes is give your heart, give your heart. And you know what? Sometimes I, I begin to understand just a little bit of how God feels. You say, what are you talking about? Well, when you try to give your heart to people 
and they say, not interested. Not interested. Boring. Too busy. When's this over? I got other stuff to do that's better. What? What do you got to do that's so much better that you can't get your heart in this tonight? I mean, I mean what, what in the world do we have going on in our lives that's more important than giving our hearts to the Lord? What do we have going on? Hey, I know you're busy. I know life's tough. I know there's trials. I know there's difficulties. But let's stop making excuses for ourselves and let's start giving our heart to the Lord. I mean, just giving it all to him. Hey, can I share something with you for your children's sake? Would you do it, please? Some of you, you're serving yourself, and you're trying to, you, you think you're going to you raise kids for the Lord? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You've got to serve the Lord with all your heart if you want to have kids that have a heart for the Lord. Come on. I said this morning in my class, you don't get a good batch of kids. <laughs> There's no such thing. Say, oh, you got, somebody said to me, oh, you got good kids. They didn't come that way. They didn't come packaged that way. They're not wrapped that way. And by the way, they're, they're just as, as sinful as yours are. And they got problems just like your kids have problems. But you know what? Hey, listen, as a dad, I'm taking it serious tonight. How about you? I'm taking it serious tonight. God's given me some children. He's blessed me with them. They're a gift from God. Hey, listen, time for dads to get on their hands and knees and their faces and say, Go, God, uh, please help my children. Oh, God, help to serve you. Oh, help to live. Hey, how about, Dad, you creep into their room at night while they're sleeping. You put your hands on their, on their head, and, and you put your hands on them. You pray, Lord, help them. Lord, protect them. Oh, Lord, keep them safe. Help them to serve you. Help them. It doesn't happen on its own. You've got to do something. You've got to serve the Lord. God's given you the blessing. Don't you take it for granted. Don't you take it for granted. Hey, come on. We take it for granted, and then we want it when we lose it. When we lose it. Come on, the church used to have God's power and revival. And you know, now that we've lost it, many churches, you know, they're just hoping it comes back and praying it comes back. But they're not preparing for it to come back. Let's get ready for it. You say, what are you talking about? Hey, listen, I don't believe we had revival yet, but I'm preparing for it. I'm preparing. You say, well, we can't have revival. You're the problem if you say that. We can't have revival. Yes, we can have revival. Yes, America can be turned back to God. Yes, our children can be raised in a Christian nation once again. Yes, it can happen, but it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start in your heart. It's got to start here. When are we going to start? Well, stop making excuses. Oh, it can't be done. Yes, it can be done. With God, all things are possible. Do we not serve a great God? Come on, do you believe in him? Do you believe the world's following miracles and dreams and lottos and all kinds? I just think fantasy world, fantasy world. We've got the real deal, the real power, and we're walking around dragging it around like it's a burden to us. Real power. I mean, real power from God. Do you have it tonight? Do you have it? If you've got God's power, you can overcome any sin in your life. You can overcome any addiction in your life. You can overcome any bitterness. You can forgive anybody. You can love anybody. You can, hey, love the Lord. What does God tell us? Wherefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. You know the kind of people that live that way? They have a heart for God. They have a heart for God. We've got to have our heart for God. Love the Lord thy God. Aren't you glad he's your God? Come on. Is he your Lord? That's a good question. He's my God. Is he your Lord? 
I like what Thomas said. Jesus appeared to him finally, doubting Thomas. Oh, I won't believe that Jesus rose from the dead like he said. I'm not going to take him at his word unless I see it, unless I touch it, unless I experience it for myself. Come on, we get on Thomas, but when God showed up, you know what he did? He fell on his knees and said, my Lord and my God. I think some of us might have examined it a little further before we went that far. Thomas fell on his face. He said, my Lord and my God. He didn't have to touch the... He didn't have to touch him. He saw Jesus and he fell on his face. By the way, if Jesus shows up, that's what we do. I want him to show up. Hey, service after service, Sunday after Sunday, week after week, month after month. We need this to be a place where God comes. Hey, it's got to be a place where he comes often. A place, a place where he shows up. Hey, when you come and you come to meet with God, hey, God will come meet with you. The Lord, is he your Lord? You know what that means? He's on the throne. He's on the throne. He's in control. Not you, he is. You know what a fruit of the Spirit is? Control. Self-control. Why is it self-control? Because you can't control yourself without God's Spirit. You're out of control. You're spinning chaos. Hey, a Christian that tries to live their life without God's power spinning out of control. You need God's hand. You need his control. Make him your Lord. Say, God, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop living and, and trying to, you know, pick apart the Bible and just pick and choose what I want to do in the Bible and try to live my life and live in the comfort zone, have the American dream, get everything I want to get from, from, from this world and then try to serve God on the side. It's not going to work. The job's not going to get done that way. Come on, we need more missionaries on the mission field. We need more pastors in the pulpit. We, we need more people in the labor, in the, in the harvest field. Come on, my house is full, my field is empty. Come on, when we come together into the house, it's so that we thrust out into the field. So that when we leave here, we go out into the harvest field that's white. Hey, it's white already to harvest. It's ready. It, what is he saying? It's there for the picking. It's right there in front of us. We live in America. Hello? Come on, we live in America. For the most part, people know there's a God. I don't, Hey, listen, don't let that little small percentage of people right now barking real loud and booing real loud make you think that most people don't believe in God. You walk outside and look at the stars, you believe in God. You get in a hospital bed and your life's on the line, you'll believe in God. Hey, 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 God's real. He'll show up. They that seek me shall find me when they search for me with their whole heart, with all their heart. With all their heart. The Lord, thy God, with all thy heart. How about this? With all thy soul. With all thy soul. Without Jesus, your soul would be in hell. In hell. Hello. Rich man, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment. Did he not? Hell's real, and it's hot, and it's awful. And people are there right now. That rich man's still in hell tonight. He's still crying out the same thing. He's still in torment tonight. Hell is a real place. People are really dying and people are really going there. You know, our souls, they're forever. I said this a couple Sundays ago. I'm glad I get to live forever. But if somebody said, you get to live forever, my next question would be where? Because I don't want to live forget forever here. And I don't want to live forever in hell. So where do you want to live forever at? Because everybody's going to live forever. Some people, really, the truth is they're going to die forever. It's eternal death. It's eternal separation from God. Your soul, it's forever. 
It's eternal. And it's going to be somewhere. I hope you've got it sealed tonight that it's going to be with God. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also, Jesus said. The soul's forever. How about the next time we stroll down the road or we go out to the shopping mart, we stop looking at people's faces and start looking at their souls. Their souls are forever. They're wandering around. They're empty shells. They got nothing going on. There's no hope. There's no point. Hey, listen, they're living from 40-hour week to 40-hour week. They're living from television show to television. They're living from party to party. They're living from bar stool to bar stool. They're living from drug needle to drug needle. I mean, people are just trying to fill their life with stuff, with stuff. Why? Because they don't have anything else. And no, we have the truth that sets people free. Come on, if you see people the way God sees them, you know how God sees them? In shackles. They're walking around lugging chains and burdens and sins and shackles. They're walking around in a, in a prison. They're dead men walking. They're in a hell on earth. They think this is hell. It's not hell. But it's, it's terrible. Life without God. Start to see people's soul. Hey, if you love God with all your soul, you'll start to see other people. You'll start to see other people's souls. You'll understand that because your eternal destiny is sealed as a Christian in heaven, that there are other people that need that to make that same decision. Come on, it might inconvenience you. It might inconvenience you. It might cause you to get out of your comfort zone. It, it, it might have to, hey, but a soul-winning church is a church that has a heart for God. A church that's looking for souls. A church that's seeing people's souls. Listen, a selfish church is a dead church. Selfish church is a dead church. You know, listen, some of you teenagers, you know what the problem is? You're selfish. You're selfish. You'll sit in a church service and only think about yourself. Come on. You'll think about what you want to do and how this is inconvenienced your time. You're so, you can't wait till you go and play. Hey, listen, you're selfish, and that's not helping. Listen, some of us, we're so selfish, aren't we? We're just thinking about what we want, we want, we want all the time. What about what God wants with your life? Hey, teenager, you ever ask God the question, God, what do you want me to do? God, what would you have me to do? Come on, young people. You ever ask God that question? Come on, some of you young people. We got Bible college students in here. You're not exempt from that. Just because you're in Bible college doesn't mean you're going to serve God for the rest of your life. There's been a lot of flunkies in Bible college. There's been a lot of flakes in Christian school. There's been a lot. Hey, listen, there's some young people. You think that you're going to, Make it because you're in a Christian school. You're going to make it because you're in church. The only reason why you'll make it is because you have a heart for God. Because it's in here. You know, Gatorade had that slogan, is it in you? Is it in you? You know, that's a good question. Is it in you? Is it in your soul? I mean, does it go down deep? Why why do we love God's word? Because it goes deep, doesn't it? Burn it deep within us from thy holy word. Set my soul afire, Lord. What do we say? God, set me on fire, not just on the outside, on the inside. We got a lot in fundamentalism for people hooting and hollering on the outside. Got nothing in here hollow. Nothing going on. It's all for show. It's all, and I was saying all of it. Hey, listen, we need a little bit more holler. We need some, more, we need some Christians to find their shout again. But we need, it needs to come from here. Come from your heart. Heart for the Lord with all your soul. Come on, this. Look at, look at it. With all thy what? Mind. Oh, my. There's a battle right now for your mind. 
for your mind, for my mind. Come on, young man. There's some people in this room. There's some men in this room. Some young, I'm not trying to hurt anybody tonight. I'm just trying to say you're looking at stuff that's polluting your mind. It's destroying your mind. We live, can I share something with you? It's not a newsflash. I know we got kids in here, but the world is perverted. We've accepted things like pornography as being normal. We've accepted things like on television, you know, stuff on television shows up. Hey, wicked! Don't look at it. What happened to us? Set no wicked thing before my eyes. You know, we criticize the guys who went out and smashed their televisions, but you know what? Some of you worship it. Worship it. You spend more time with that thing than you do with God. It's time. Hey, it's time. With your mind. Come on. Where's your mind at tonight? If you're struggling in your mind to focus on God and his word, there's a battle for your mind. Battle for your mind. A battle for your mind. You give your mind to the devil, oh, he'll use it. He'll take it, destroy you from the inside. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Come on, are you with me tonight? In your mind? Isn't it amazing how we cannot sit? We can watch hours and hours and hours and hours of television. Some of you young men, you could play whatever it is that you play on a video game for hours without going to the bathroom or without, without taking a dinner break or without, I mean, just go for hours and hours and hours and you cannot sit for 40 minutes and listen to someone preach God's word to you. There's something wrong in your mind, in your mind. We go, oh, you know, we go hours and hours and hours, do what we want to do. But as soon as, hey, you know what you ought to want to do? Get in God's word. That ought to be in your mind. David said, I hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. What did he have to do before it got in his heart? He had to go in here. He had to memorize it. He had to learn it. He had to meditate on it. He said, the blessed man would meditate on the word of God day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know why we're not prospering? Because we're not doing what God's word says. We're, we're, not, we're not meditating on the word of God. Come on, we criticize other religions for not using the Bible. We have the Bible. We say we're people of the book, and we don't read it, and we don't know it. Study to show thyself what? Approved unto God. You want God's approval tonight? Study the Bible. Study the Bible. That's how you get God's approval on your life. Get in the book. Get off Facebook. Get your face in the book. Get off the computer. Get your face in the book. Get off. Hey, come on. So young people, that's all you're all about, just social. You know, I'm on social network because there's people there. I want to influence them for the Lord, and that's it. That's it. It's the only reason. Come on, some of you just playing games all the time. All, I'm not against it all the time, but I'm just saying, listen, there's more to life than that. There's a real life to be lived. You have a mind. There's a battle. Don't you believe that tonight? There's a battle for your mind. The devil wants your mind. He wants to devour you from the inside out. He wants to make you an empty shell. What's devour mean? To make like you don't exist. You know, there's young people, there's adults walking around who say they're Christians, but it's like they don't exist. Instead of living with their family, they exist with their family. They're just there, shells. They got it on autopilot. Listen, can I share something with Bible college students? There's kids in Bible college who are just shells. 
I mean, they're just there, going through the motions. Mom sent them there. Dad sent them there. They're not serious about it. You know it. It'd take you two seconds to figure out if somebody's serious. You know what? You ought to stay away from those kids. Don't play with them. Get around somebody who's got a heart for God. Heart for God. You know everybody does wrong everywhere. Why? You know that sometimes, hey, parents, if your kid knows everybody's doing wrong all the time, they're probably around them. You know what I say? Hey, listen, get away from it. Get away from it. Do what's right. Avoid it. Touch, uh, 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 come watch. Uh, avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Depart from it. And do good. So the Bible says, get away from it. Get away from evil. Get away from that which pollutes your mind. Come on. You with me tonight? I mean, get away from the things that are destroying you and give it to God. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. If you love him with all your mind, you're going to give him your thoughts. Casting down every imagination and every wicked thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of giving obedience every thought, uh, giving every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wow. Wow. What sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good report? If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Listen, if you're thinking about other things, don't. Turn it off. Give your mind to the Lord with all thy mind, with all thy strength. With all thy strength. There are people that are giving their strength to the American dream. They ought to give it to God. They're giving their strength to money. They're giving their strength to popularity. They're giving their strength to whatever goals that they have that are not aligned with the will of God. Give God your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, by the way. You know what? There's Christians that don't have any strength. They're weak. They're weak. What's God trying to do? What does God want from us? God wants all our strength. You know what? It's time that the church was no longer weak and anemic. Weak and anemic. Come on, you remember those, uh, that demon-possessed boy came to the disciples And the Bible says they could not. They didn't have the power to do what they should have been able to do in Jesus' absence. They couldn't help somebody who had a real spiritual need. And Jesus said to them, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. What was he saying? You don't have God's power. You should have it. He was scolding them. They should have had God's power. They didn't have any strength to help those that had a need. You know, sometimes the church, people walk in, they're weak, they need help. We can't help them because we're too busy getting help for ourselves because we're weak all the time. We come in, we have to confess our sins. We got all our addictions and our hangups and all our problems and all our shortcomings and we play with sin and we play with sin and we play with sin and no wonder we can't help people when they come in. Listen, if people come in the church, it should never leave and say, and they could not. They couldn't help us. Couldn't help me. Couldn't help me with my hang-up. Couldn't help me with my problem. Couldn't help me with my sin. They couldn't help me. Why? Didn't have the God's power. Didn't have what they needed. What, what are we missing tonight? Hey, we're missing our all. We might be giving him some, but he wants all of it, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Come on. As a church, you know what we need to say tonight? God gives a heart for you. God gives a heart for you. 
If your heart's been given to other things, you need to take it away and give it back to God because it belongs to him. Don't make God take away everything else from your life so that he can show you that he's all you need. Take everything you have and give it to God and say, God, I already know you're all I need. I don't need you to take everything away from me. I don't need to lose everything to know that you're my everything, that you're my all in all, that you're the reason why I live and exist. Some people, listen, you're on a downward spiral. As a Christian, you know what? You should be on the up and up. You should be moving forward. We should be growing, not have, you know, we, we shouldn't just have these big growth spurts and then we stall off. We should just be, keep, keep moving forward for the Lord, looking unto Jesus. Why? He's the author and finisher of our faith. Hey, run the race. Run it. Run it. Don't, don't walk. Don't get in. Don't get out. Don't say, I'm going to take a break for a little while. Run the race. It's set before you. And God, God's with us. Come on, remember, remember who we're doing this for tonight. The Lord, your God. He's your God. He's your God. I know about you, but tonight, you know what? As your pastor, I'm going to say, God, you can have all my heart. You say, well, you should already have. Listen, I need to give it back to him too. God needs to have all my heart. Listen, I'm not just, we can make plans, preparations, make a calendar, all that stuff. Without a heart for God, it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. That doesn't mean we don't plan. It doesn't mean we don't prepare. What are we doing? We're preparing because our heart belongs to him. We're preparing for him to do what he said he would do. God wants to bless his people once again. He wants to bless him. Didn't it hurt God's heart when the Israelites disobeyed him? And they murmured and complained, and they served other gods, and they wandered in the wilderness. Boy, it hurt God's heart. What did he want to do? He wanted to bless them. He wanted to set them free. He wanted to lead them to the land that flowed with milk and honey. And they got there, and they said, we're not going to go in. Come on, we're right on the verge. It's right here. We don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know how long you have. Let's serve the Lord. Hey, listen, some people in this room, you may not live through 2013. It's the truth. You may not live through... I talk about young people, old people. You may not live for 2000, through 2013. You, you, you don't know how long you have. David Brainerd, great missionary. He, he wasn't like, well, I'm pacing myself. He gave God everything he had. He died young. Come on, Jim Elliott on the mission field. Everything I got, God, it's all yours. He, he said what Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Hey, it's okay. If God wants my life, what are you going to threaten us with, Heaven? I mean, come on. What's the worst that's going to happen? We die? Yay. Hey, you know, we're like Paul. We're in a, between a rock and a hard place. We desire to be part and depart and be in heaven with God. But then we have this burden, don't we? To be here and to serve him and to live for him, give our lives for him. I hope as a Christian, I mean, I hope tonight we just say as a church, listen, let's just get real Let's just put everything out of our minds and just say, God, it's all about you, all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Can we do that tonight? Listen, we don't need a pianist. We don't need a song. There's the altar. Here's God's people. Come put your heart on the altar. Give it to God. Did you come tonight? Bring your family. Bring your wife. Bring your children. Just come put your heart on the altar tonight.